Welcome to the Fierce Impact Podcast. I'm your host, Hayley Maxwell, brand clarity and messaging coach, copywriter, ferocious ice cream eater and leopard print lover. If you're ready to harness the incredible brand building power of words so you can become memorable, meaningful and the only real choice for your dream clients, this is the podcast for you. Let's get started. Well, howdy, howdy, and welcome to episode 17 of the Fierce Impact podcast. And it's such a delight to be hanging out with you. I so appreciate you taking the time to listen in. And I really, truly hope that you always get some great takeaways, tips, and new perspectives to consider within your own business context. So thank you so much for being here with me today. Now, this week, I've got a really great conversation with business coach Kate Wright, and we talked all about ditching corporate life, throwing away the business and life rule book, unlearning business conditioning and doing business the way that feels right to you. And I absolutely loved this conversation and I really loved Kate's raw honesty and enthusiasm for becoming the rule maker in your life. So before we dive into it, let me tell you a little bit about Kate. Kate Wright MBA is the heart, soul, face and guts of Generate with Kate, a small but global business revamping studio, helping business owners to make impact and money doing their best work in their best way. With her blunt but kind approach, she invites you to question everything, to make a plan so you can quit things you hate and to do what you want. So, without further ado, here's our conversation. Welcome to the Fierce Impact Podcast, Kate. Thank you so much for having me, Hayley. I'm really excited to be here. Yeah, it's my pleasure. And I'm really excited to talk to you because um, yeah, I love what you share about having your own pathway in business and finding your own kind of feet and really sort of standing up for sort of what you believe and what you want to to do. So, but what I would like to start off with is, would you mind just telling us a little bit more about yourself and what your business is and obviously how you've sort of got to this, this point in your business? Sure. I'll try and make the short version. So I'm a corporate escapee. So I used to work in corporate doing sales and marketing and I had all the fancy things that I thought I wanted. Uh, I remember when I was in customer service, I saw somebody in an airport and she was wearing a business suit and she had a drag bag and she looked like she was going to some really important meeting and I was like, I want to be that. <laughs> and then I, I was there and I had these, you know, like an expense account in the company car, which is always really cool. Um, and household name clients and a $10 million portfolio and lots of that was super, super fun. But actually, I was away from my family a lot and uh, we were largely miserable, I guess I realised, after all the commuting and things. So then I decided I had to get out of this and I didn't know how to and it was a very long process of discovery for me, like how does this work? How do I, how do I live and be a breadwinner without working for someone else? And then I started, you know, the four-hour work week, good old Tim Ferriss. Then I was like, wow, okay, cool. And then I, I remember saying to my husband, this is years ago, and I said, do you know there's these people called 
digital nomads and they or location independent people and they work and they make money but they don't go to a job and he's like but how and I was like I don't know but I'm gonna find out (laughs) (laughs) and and I'm happy to say that I have and it's the best thing I could have ever done so what I I guess I'm a business coach or a business advisor and I've been helping people a lot lately with making the pivot or just readjusting things or recalibrating or Um, finding ways to be resilient in the face of all the disruption and stuff that we've had in the last couple of years. So quite often it's people just starting out or people who've started out and then they're two two or so years down the track and they're like, hold on a minute, how do I, what am I doing? Am I doing this right? How do I get clients? Why isn't this working kind of thing? I tend to work mostly with women because I think we do business differently. We have a different way of approaching things. I have a lot of people who come to me and say that they've, They've tried a certain way of doing things and that didn't work so that they're looking for some a different approach, something that's not just the traditional way of approaching things and they're being told what to do and they're like, but that doesn't feel right to me. So, yeah, mostly women and uh, probably women who want to approach things differently, who are ready to try something else or just a, a little bit disenchanted with the whole, the usual, just do this and that. Yeah. 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 So what are the, some of those things that you, you're talking about there? And I guess some of those things were were relevant to you when you were in corporate because you talked about the fact that you wanted to, you know, it just kind of didn't sit right with you. What were the, some of those things that you felt that made you want to get out of corporate um, and that maybe your clients come to you with as well? Yeah. Oh, my gosh, there's so many. <laughs> Basically, <laughs> it's a, it sounds really rebellious but it's just like working for someone else we had this in one of my roles no one will be able to tell which one but um this CEO who was saying things that just didn't he didn't have any idea what his actual people are living the reality and he would send out these emails about did you know that if you save this much of your salary that you can buy a house in two years I'm like no no that's not reality not the people like this is a multinational corporation there are people at all different salary levels and even on a high salary that's not reality that's not reality Mm. and I was just like so disgusted that they had no anyway working for the man and the commute so the daily reality was dragging my two kids out of bed they didn't want to get up I didn't want to get up I hate mornings and then getting them in the car, trying to make sure they both at least had shoes and socks or like some semblance of a uniform. And then they would sleep for an hour and a half while we commuted. And yeah. um, and then I have to get one to one school, one to the other school, and then get to my corporate office. And, you know, I, I was five or 10, 15 minutes late. And I was like, well, of course I fucking am. Have you, do you know what I've just been through? Like, yeah. and the one kid doesn't want to go to school. So he's dealing with anxiety, all this stuff. And I was like, this is crazy. There's no reason. This is like eight years before the pandemic. I was like looking around for someone to acknowledge me and go, we don't all need to travel on the motorway at the same time. This is insanity. Mm. What are we doing? And so it's unfortunate the way it's come about, but people have finally realized you can do, like I pride myself on saying I've done a six-figure deal in my jandals. You don't need your business suit and tie. You don't need the office. You don't need any of that stuff. You just need to bring, you know, you do need to bring something solid to the table. You've got to help people and bring value. Yeah, the the stuff that feels meaningless is what I wanted to get rid of, the stuff that doesn't make any sense. 
Mm. Yeah, I think that's that's true, isn't it? And I know certainly from my perspective, like one of the reasons that I, and it's it's a really common reason, one of the reasons that I left, um, I was working sort of in PR agency roles mm. then um, and had my first daughter and decided that actually I didn't, agency life wasn't for me and I just didn't want to go back to that agency life you know that whole kind of 8 30 yeah. till till 5 30 but really it was kind of longer than 5 30 because you oh, know totally. you get those looks as you're kind yes. of going out of the office and you know yes. all of that sort of expectation that you get within the workplace and I was just like I don't I you know I don't want to do that anymore I want to start my own thing I already had 10 years kind of experience yeah and so you know that's that's what the impetus was for me but I think like what I realized was I've never really wanted to conform in terms mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. having that that nine to five yeah. job um mm-hmm. even though I was in corporate for kind of yeah. 10 10 odd years or whatever I always hated that sense of you've got to be at your desk by this time and you can leave yes. at this time and yes. you know you're basically beholden to the organization that you work for and I, I just always used to question why does it have to be this way and obviously yes. technology has advanced a lot since you know the days of the fax yeah. machine <laughs> when I right. first started <laughs> yeah. that sort of thing so we're able to do things more now but I think there is that that societal pressure isn't there as well on on people to be yeah. and do things a, a certain way yes and I think I ruined myself by studying sociology when I did go to university later in life I studied psychology and sociology and then I could never I can never unsee that stuff I can see that it's um like you know work was designed to create little robot workers they learn to sit down from nine till three and later will extend it from nine to five they don't they have to ask questions ask to go to the bathroom and they have to you know, conform to all the rules and we say what happens and they just say yes sir no sir how high shall I jump so Another thing that people um, maybe know about me or don't is that I pulled our kids out of school. Well, the first one got all the way through. I don't know how, but he did. And then the second one, we pulled him out because I was like, this is ridiculous. It doesn't work for him. Why? And But society expects me to send my children to school from the age of five until the age of at least 15, 16. Is it 16 now? And um, then I was like, I don't care. This is making us sick. So mm. I kind of, I, I can't. I didn't do it to be rebellious, but I can't not do it because it's. I'm just watching, watching it damage people, damage us, and just working for a clock watcher who, and doing meaningless work that just doesn't impact people's lives that I can see. It just mm. felt it felt hollow and rotten and yucky, and I was like, no, I don't care if this is what's expected. I'm out. I'm not doing this anymore. Yeah, how oh, good on you, and and obviously that meant that by having your own business you were able to do that that homeschooling side of things no at the time we couldn't do it that's why we hadn't done it before because we both had to yep. work to make ends meet and because I had originally wanted to homeschool the first kid and right and we just can't make that work um and then I think when we pulled the younger one out I said to my husband because he might have been between contracts or something and I said you're not getting another contract I'm staying at my job, but you're going to homeschool the kid and he's, I'm pulling him out today. And he was like, okay, cool. <laughs> um, and yeah, so there was a lot of sacrifice. It's not been easy. I'm not, I don't just willy nilly go, well, I've got to do whatever I want and it's all fantastic. It's really hard. And it's, 
there's always that doubt following you around going, no one else is doing this. Am I crazy? Is this going to work? Like even when you start Mm -hmm. your own business, you're like, well, I'm letting go of that consistent paycheck. And it's terrifying, but oh my God, is it worth it? Oh my gosh, is it worth it? I don't have to do that commute. I don't have to wake up to an alarm clock. And and for me, that's well-being. That's well-being. Yeah. I, yeah, it's super important. Yeah, being able to just um, kind of take that control back, isn't it? And be the kind yeah. of rule maker in your your own own life, really. Yeah, just having that agency. And um, yeah, what I was alluding to before about like work was set up for men. Men worked from nine to five and then they came home and they got their pipe and slippers and their dinner was cooked. And that's how it was. That's how it was created. The, you know, the 40 hour work week and all of that stuff. And the eight hour day, it was for productivity. And there was always someone else in the background. You know, there was always a wife. And I, was, I always used to say when I was the breadwinner, I was like, I need a wife. I can't do all this. Yeah. And um. And then so women entered the workforce, but nothing changed. We, we just had to also do everything we were doing before, get the pipe and slippers, although fuck that, and, um, you know, look after the children, be the primary caregiver, remember everyone's birthdays, do all the things, and do this full-time job that was so exhausting for the men that when they came home, they needed a stiff gin and, and dinner cooked for them. Like, yeah, what yeah. is that? So, yeah, I just get quite up in arms about the, the way that there was no acknowledgement of we need to change this but now there is and so that's really positive and fantastic yeah and I th- I think definitely like the last it feels like the last couple of years there's been this slight shift in terms of this awareness of oh, yeah um you know women in the workplace and at home and the roles that we play and actually how much of a demand it puts on on women's lives um, yes. and their mental health, their physical health, um, yes. all of those aspects. Yes. And there's a lot of, um, there's some research also around how the the impact of the panoramic has, um, <laughs> has been, has had more of a negative impact on women than it has on men. Because in many cases, not all, but in many cases, men have carried on going to work or just done their work from home but the women have been the ones going well now I have to homeschool I didn't sign up for this and now I have children three children with anxiety and I have you know or maybe we're going back to school but now I've got school refusal and run their business yeah it's been it's massive and I just want to acknowledge that and acknowledge them because it's it's not been it's not been easy for anyone but that's huge and so yeah I hope that in my work that I can support them to be able to somehow manage all of that so sometimes it's about reframing things or changing our expectations or you know what's the easiest way to get from a to b yeah most efficient way and what kind of advice do you give to people who are really trying to juggle all of those aspects in their life like what are the steps that you sort of talk them through in terms of how they can create some of the the boundaries and and that Mm -hmm. sort of thing yeah, 100% it's around that. And that's how I think that we do business differently than men may approach it. Because I want to, I don't, I can't, I don't want you just to tell me, well, I sell these things and this is my offer. These are my offers and this is, you know, how can I get more customers? It's like, well, what's going on for you? How much time do you actually really truly have? What are the other demands on you? What's your context? Because the decisions that we would make to grow your business will be different if you've got to get next week's rent than if you, you know, you've got two years to build this and you're looking at the long-term picture or if you've got a fire to put out this week. It's a massively different, you know, proposition. So, um, and where are you at in your journey and all that stuff? So 
uh, it comes into it. You can, I just don't think you can do one without the other. So it's a bit of everything. And because that's real, being realistic, isn't it? Like if you only have two hours a day, let's make them count. Another thing that you talk about is saying F you to fear and, you know, just really grabbing kind of life by two hands, you know, and that might be your personal life or in, in your business life. And what do you think it is about kind of like the sense of fear in business that sort of holds a lot of women back? It is terrifying. There's no doubt about it. It's terrifying. I think one of the common themes with when I'm working with clients is that we'll get to this crux point where we're going to launch something or put out, even if it's just putting out a post or sending out an email or making an offer, because that's terrifying. It's already easy to, it's not easy, but you know, like you can put out social media till the cows come home, but have you made anyone an offer? And then you're putting yourself out there and being vulnerable to rejection. Or they might say, oh, how dare you charge that much? Or they might say, who are you to be doing this? All the things that we tell ourselves might happen. So, yeah, um, yeah, it is terrifying. And it's about acknowledging that. Yes, it's terrifying, but it's much less terrifying on the other side. So quite often people cry at that point. That's when they cry because that's when it's the rubber meets the road. Do you really want to put this out there? And yes. And so I often, we just joke and I'll say, you know, if if it all goes tits up and, and it's the worst thing you've ever done and it's a massive disaster, then, you know, I'll be there. We'll drink vodka together and we'll drown our sorrows. It'll be fine. Don't worry about it. And then a bit of reality, like the only people looking are me, you, maybe your mum and your best friend. Like, no, this isn't the entire internet yet. And even if you've got a decent sized audience, it's still nobody you don't look around and think, oh, she had a launch that failed or her course didn't sell any. You don't know and you don't care because you're busy mm-hmm. thinking about yourself. So it's like a bit of a reframe. How big is this really? It's just yeah. your lizard brain going, this is terrifying, you could die. And I'm like, you probably won't die. And then yeah, just going through that fear part and then quite often beforehand, people will I'll say, how, how scary is this on a scale of 1 to 10? And they're like, 11, it's terrifying. I don't, I'm so scared. And then afterwards I'll go, how scary was that now on a scale of 1 to 10? They're like, oh, it was a 4. What was all the fuss about? And they very quickly move on to the next thing and can't even remember why. So mm-hmm. it's like jumping out of the plane, I guess, is that like everything you want is on the other side of fear. So you've got to have, got to have, uh, what is it, like, I don't know. I'm trying to say something other than big balls. You've got to have nerves of steel and you've got to have some um, tools to be resilient because one of the things that I sort of rally against is the, the idea that you can start your business today and tomorrow you'll have, you know, 10 million followers and blah, blah, blah. But the lie that everyone's being fed is by these people who are massive, who we all follow online, is that they've been doing it for 10 years and they were once where you are, but they are not now. And they're playing a completely different game. Mm. So some of their advice might be great. And some of it's actually not relevant to you um, because they've got a big audience. And then for them, it's a numbers game. One or 2% people convert. That's the game they're playing. You can't play that game when you've only got a small very small audience that's a completely different approach that you need to take and and a lot of times my work is helping them unlearn the stuff they've been fed because we're diligent little learners and we just soak it all up we're like, okay cool I'll do that oh good this is what I need to do and in the same way that I like when my put my kid out of school he went through this whole process of de-schooling and then like unlearning what you have to do so as a very real example he decided I couldn't get near him with any school things. So it was like, fine, I'll leave you to your own devices. And then I said we were unschooling. <laughs> it's like, that's fine, we're unschooling. But actually we were just leaving him because he couldn't 
he didn't want to know. And then he decided to do maths one day and he said, oh, oh, it doesn't actually matter if I rule the margin and get it crooked because there's no teacher here to tell me off. And then he went, oh, do you know what? I can use a green pen for the margin instead of a red one. And I said, yes, you can. You could. You could yeah. do that. And then he went, actually, you know what? And he threw the pen and the ruler over his shoulder and said, I don't even need to do a margin. And eventually the book went the same way and he just went off and made something out of leather that included lots of calculations. So the point of that story is to illustrate sometimes you just need to let go of the rules, throw away the rule book, throw away mm. the, the bloody roadmap and the blueprint and all the things telling you do this thing, this thing, this thing, that, because it's not a linear journey. You do need to know mm. some of that stuff, but at some point you've learned enough and you can just let it go and just go and do stuff, just practice stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Well, one of the ways that I got over the terror of when I very first started in my business, you know, because you've got to make that transition from working for someone else and you're like, you know, you're a trusted leader in that space, but you've never said, hey, um, I, I would like to show up as an, I can help people. I am, I can do this for you. And um, it was terrifying if I thought that my family were watching. And I remember one time I sort of was just poking my head out and going in some Facebook group. I think it was like a mother's one and it must have been an open Facebook group where everyone can see what you said I didn't realize and I had said some helpful comment to someone (laughs) and then my dad showed up and went yeah nice one Katie and I was like oh my gosh (laughs) (laughs) I can't have you in here I can't do this if you're watching how am I what am I gonna do because he can't watch me build my business what if I fail like no yeah and then how I got over that was actually this isn't he can watch it's fine because it's not my this isn't my whole business that's not my Mm. here's a thing I'm trying to do it's just one little experiment on the side so thinking of it like that it's just mental reframes that can help you get over the fear it's just one experiment this is not going to be the be all and end all of everything you're probably going to try 20 other things and I know it sounds like a bit of a trope, but you learn so much more from your failures than you do from anything that worked. Yeah, I I completely agree with that. I think that's something that I always um, come back to myself or like I talk to, you know, my clients about things like that as well in terms of, yeah, you you do learn so much more from from failures. Although I always kind of reframe the word failure because I'm actually, it's actually just a learning opportunity. If you're thinking about things as an experiment and a learning opportunity, then there actually isn't any failure in it because you always take something away from from it so absolutely you do yeah nothing is a waste of time and nothing was a failure I agree with you yeah I just I think we should change that word just like I know like for myself in business I went through a phase of not wanting to kind of put anything out there because I was like it's got to be perfect before I get it out there but actually you have to get it out in order to start that iteration process that that process of refining and making something better and the first time you put anything out it's not always going to be you know a worldwide sensation not going to be a hit (laughs) yeah I think that's the thing that a lot of people have to come to grips with is that because they sort of sold this this sort of it's just it's I think it's a little bit mm, unethical that people are sold this idea that it's going to happen so fast for some it might it might happen really quickly for you you might just you know take off but it depends I think that the expectations are so wrong. Like it takes two to three years to build a strong business in my mind. And that's not to say that you can't see some quick wins in the first month or three months or um, in the first year, 
but your goals need to be realistic and nobody that you're following has done that overnight they might say they have and they're like buy my template because but what I've been Mm. noticing lately is everyone's reading from the same template and sometimes that's because it works but I watch a lot of YouTube and oh my gosh they're all doing the same stinking script they're using Mm. the same and it just bothers me I'm like why aren't you original and I think that's the authenticity that's lost when everyone's following a template is that they're just doing what they've been told to do and that's yeah. that's that's not where innovation happens. That's not where exciting is. That's just not playful. It's the antithesis of everything, I think. So I thought of a practical yeah. thing people can do. One of them is to think of things like an experiment. And the other one, so I said that I've done sociology and psychology. And um, this is not a woo-woo thing to do. This is actually based in, in um, creating new neural pathways in your brain so sometimes one thing I've challenged myself to do and other people is if you want to step out and break out and do new different things and be braver and get your step into being fierce and having your fierce impact which I love um is to start with the little things so do everything Mm. it's called opposite day so brush your teeth with the other hand your whole brain is going to have to recalibrate everything because it's never done that before brush your teeth with the other hand and then just do everything opposite. If you normally go to one takeout place on Friday, go to a completely new, different one. Your brain's going to have to go, yeah. whoa. It's like being on holiday because you're like, we don't know where anything is. Like, we've never done this before. And it just yeah. breaks you out of the routine, habit, automated system that you get in because you know, you know, this is changed. Who does what in the household? Just change tiny little things. And then your brain will get into this habit of going, whoa, what's next? Oh my gosh, this is, you know, like, mm. instead of just being on autopilot, it's kind of exciting. People like it. You just, if yeah. you normally turn left out the gate, go right, go around the block, see what else is around there. And yeah. it's a practical, funny little thing that you can do that will just switch your brain onto a different sort of mode. Yeah, I love that. I think that's some really good advice. I think it's just being willing to try and give things a go and just and see what happens and see where it where it takes you. I mean, I, d- I definitely think there is you know, there is a lot of fear of the unknown around yeah. or fear of rejection when you're, yes. when you're putting yourself kind of out there, for example, yeah. in the online space and you're trying to grow your, your business. And that's completely understandable. But I, I like what you were saying about just taking those little baby steps. Yeah. Um, I think bit it's, by bit, if you're just taking a little baby step each day and you're pushing mm-hmm. yourself just that little bit further each time, and the more you do something that yeah. you feel uncomfortable, comfortable with the yes. easier that it actually becomes over yes. time and then soon you'll look back and you'll be like oh my gosh I felt I used to feel like that yes or like this about doing this but now I actually feel like I really enjoy it yeah <laughs> we talk about getting out of your comfort zone a lot but what does that really mean like your comfort zone mm-hmm. is the things you do by habit just on autopilot you don't even know you're doing them so if you really want to get out of your comfort zone start there with the real practical things you do every day change what you have for breakfast just have a different cup of with your coffee and if you do that a million times a day what you're doing is training your brain to go I tried a new thing I've never tried before and I didn't die and actually it was kind of exciting yeah. this is a really fun game to play and then it gets bigger and bigger and you can take bigger risks until suddenly you're quitting your job and you know taking the family on an overseas trip or whatever you want to do yeah yeah, yeah. exactly that's it I think <laughs> the other thing that happens to people especially with all a lot of you know training courses and stuff and the way that the language that is used in the online space mm. is like grow your list it's not a list it's there are people 
There's people yeah. there. So it's a, we lose that human thing. So sometimes what I'll do for people is go, you probably do some of the thing. Um, I'll look at their website. This is one thing everybody that's listening can do. You're, I'm sure you'll, you'll concur. Is if Go and look at the headline on your website. And if it starts with the word I, go and get in the back end of your website and change it right now. Mm. And it's, you don't say, I love creating muffin flavors for you. No, nobody cares about you. We want to know what's in it for us. So I look at this stuff from a user experience perspective. The way that we talk about things often is really what messes us up and it just takes away the human aspect of it. It's a person, they're people. Mm. Do they need your help? Maybe they do. Yeah. Yeah, I completely agree with that. I think it's like what I've noticed and what I have been on a bit of a mission to change, certainly within my own business, is around the the marketing language that is is used yeah. and how, like you said, it actually um sort of depersonalizes the whole experience that you're having with someone. And I think the very fact that we're sat behind a computer, it, it removes us one from mm. the, the conversation essentially in terms of we feel safer being behind a computer. And so therefore we think that we can use particular type of, of language like, um, you know, lead magnet and email mm. list and subscribers. And, mm. and it just, it just takes that human element out of the language that we, we use. And but so if, I, I guess I try to say things like email community or email yeah. like members, or just try to use language that's more caring and nurturing and human focused as opposed yeah. to kind of feeling like making people feel like they're being sort of shoved and squashed and prodded yeah. down a tube along a funnel and mm. spat out the other end you know it's yeah and I yeah. think the people teaching us that language they're they've transcended way beyond small business and small to medium enterprise mm. they're they're in some other realm where they've got millions of followers and that is their game they are building their list they are making it go from you know two hundred thousand to 100,000 was that a number <laughs> and <laughs> they um that, that 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 is their game and that's their language but it's not it's not right for everyone it's not right for every stage of business so yeah unlearn yeah, stuff exactly and don't think that you have to do it that way so one of the things that you advocate for is kind of doing business in a way that works for for you as an individual yeah so why is I guess why is that important and what are some of the practical steps that people can take in order to start creating a business that works for them rather than than someone else okay that's a good question because that's going to help me thread together so I think I talk a lot about quitting things I pulled my kids out of school that was not expected or normal normal although a lot of people are doing it now things have changed but um you know I quit school because I myself and then I quit the country and flew overseas left my boyfriend back then and I flew all the way to England I cried the whole way (laughs) but I knew I had to go and try new things and do something different and then I quit a relationship that was toxic and then I you know I quit one of my favorite things to do is resign it's such a powerful moment in your life where you're like I don't know you're saying no enough I don't accept this I don't like your rules I'm not playing this game anymore so I I think you can bring that um, I don't know what is it that feeling or that vibe into lots of things you can say okay sure so I need to I need to have a niche and I need to do this and I need to grow my list and I need to have a lead and then you can say actually no I, I choose to do this one thing because that thing I feel like fits with my values and my morals and the way I want to run mm. my business and it's not cutting off my nose to spite my face like I, can, I think I can do this this way so it's kind of about rejecting things it's about saying no I don't like that 
And so if people feel yucky about doing sales a certain way, then don't do it. Don't do that. Let's find a way that works for you. Do you prefer to Mm. get on the phone with people? And does this fit with your entire business model? Because we do also want to, you know, we want to use real data and statistics and, you know, we just want to go off on some tangent and create a crazy butterfly garden somewhere that nobody cares about. But but there's a lot of things you can say no to. And in doing that, that might open up ideas about what you want to say yes to. So it's it's about and it's about knowing yourself. You can't do that if you don't know. And it's a journey. So that's the part where you need to be realistic. I've never done this before. I don't know what I like. I don't know if I'm going to like uh, audio or video, but I feel like maybe I could do video. Or am I just feeling pressured because I did a course and they told me you must do video because it's the only way. You've got to do reels. Everybody must mm. do reels or they're going to might as well just you know fall in a lump in the corner because no one's going to look at you. And yeah. I, I mean, you're talking to someone, I haven't got a website. I've been rebuilding my website for the longest time. I haven't had one up all year. I haven't, or, and probably the year before. I haven't posted anything on social media. I don't even know for how long, maybe six months, a year. I don't, I just don't, I don't have a Facebook group. I don't have an email list, I hate to tell you. But I am busier than I've ever been and people know me and they know what I stand for and um, so it doesn't have to, you don't have to knock yourself out pumping out content because who's it going to? Mm. Maybe, maybe you could find one person who you can see that you could help. If you do social media and you can see someone struggling or you've heard them say, I'm really struggling with this, then maybe you could say, well, this is how I help people do that. Like you don't yeah. have to be blasting out to the whole wide internet or doing I, I can't, doing dancing and singing and stuff. I don't want to yeah. do that. And if you yeah. can do it and you want to, that's fine. It's fun. I love making it. I made a TikTok and holy crap, it took me all day. I loved making it. And I was like, I could do this forever. I would love to do this all the time. But yeah. it would take me a day to make one stinking TikTok. That's not even that. Yeah. <laughs> and um, so I help people just realize you don't have to do all the things. And let's figure out what works for your brain. Yeah. Some people learn differently. Some people express themselves differently. It's about giving them permission. Like if you want to do your whole course just by email because you're a reader writer type person, then do that. You can still mm-hmm. make that work. And yeah, just you don't have to fit into this sort of stereotype of who people are telling you. And, and it's very difficult to unlearn. I'm I'm still I still struggle. Yeah. Like I still fall into those things where I think, oh no, but I have to be professional. And I'm like, eh, I can't let go of that now. But um it's, it is very difficult to unlearn. It's like anything. It's been steeped into us. And we're, yeah, we're good learners. We're very um, conscientious. We're like, I need to learn. I need to know what I'm doing. I want to soak in all this information. Mm. And that's a good thing to do. But there comes a point where you have to go, okay, I've soaked in enough. Now I'm just going to let that all go. Trust that it's in me somewhere and just do things my own way. And what's the worst that can go wrong? I mean. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think you're right that we've been kind of conditioned over time, haven't we, to act and and be a particular way in in business and so whether that's come from being in a corporate background um, and having to conform to a particular um, organizational sort of um, you know expectation or whether that's maybe you've been in kind of academia and obviously there's still the the whole academic institution that kind of very much formalizes you yeah and I think it's then switching when you go into your own business we carry a lot of that over with us yeah and I think particularly around that thought of what it means to be professional 
essentially, yeah. you know, what it means to, to act professionally or to, to look professional, all of those yes. sides of things as well. So you're right, it's unlearning all of that. We so have that to we unlearn all of that. But, yeah, because when you think about it, who did that serve? Who did it serve to say that you can only have a certain type of hair or that earrings or tattoos? Remember when, I don't remember who it was, maybe my brother got an ear piercing and my dad said, oh, you'll never get a job with that. Like, no, yeah. that's just so long gone. And sometimes professionalism can be um, disguised toxicity. It's actually saying mm. you're not, you don't count because you're different or, yeah, so that's mm. out the window. If you can forget, don't you don't have to sound professional. You just need to, like I say, you need to be strong in what you know and what you can help people do and the value that you provide. And then, you know, the rest of it, That's who did that serve anyway? Who taught us yep. that? Who taught us yep. to always put a full stop at the end of a sentence? Who taught us that you have to put yep. a capital letter and it's not professional if you've um, not done that? Like, dude, no, none of that matters. Like, Yeah, exactly. I think that's that's right. And I think it's, it's just being brave enough to try things different ways or being brave enough to give things a go that are, are different to the current norms or to the flow yes. or go against what other yeah. people are doing because maybe it doesn't, doesn't feel right to you. And like we were talking about earlier, it doesn't always have to be, you know, you don't have to always do big leaps and jumps each time. It can just be doing like small yeah. things every step of the way to kind of get closer to creating that business that is yes. actually more you yes and the only way I think that one of the ways that you can make that doable for yourself is to get someone on site get someone who's going to be that person who's going to tell you the truth and challenge you and push you a little bit but also go it's okay like it's going to be fine mm. I'll I'll help you like this is what we'll do in that scenario this is what we'll do in that scenario this is how we're going to cope with rejection we have a plan like so even if this happens we have a plan this is what we do and this is how we move forward from there so it's not like this unknown abyss where oh my gosh what if it goes wrong like what is in there what is in that big abyss of terror like it's maybe that I don't know no one signs up for your thing or you get a bad comment on your post because you said something a little bit opinionated then this is how we're going to deal with that step one step two step three then we move on and then you know it's it's nice to have a plan and know oh yeah oh yeah so then you're like, oh, yeah, I actually won't die. It won't be terrible. I won't get yeah, cancelled. Exactly. Um, yeah. And, and so having that person to go, no, you're not crazy. Yeah, that is looks fine to me. Yeah. And just to check things. Sometimes people just want to check mm. things and go, is this crazy? Like, is this too unprofessional? Or is, and I'll be like, no, that looks fine to me. Or, yeah, this part here you might want to take out. That's a bit too, I don't know, vulnerable or raw or something. And just having mm. that confidence where you're like, yeah, someone – other than me has looked at this with an objective kind of set of eyes yeah. and then yeah okay I'm good to go just gives you yes. more confidence being able to bounce those ideas off someone that you, you really trust a mentor someone that you really trust I think really really helps yeah um, and now before we wrap up so I always ask three questions yeah. um, of my guests and so I'm going to fire these away at you and okay. so the first one of these questions is what does being fierce in business mean to you? Mm, I'm gonna flip it a little bit I think um, being fierce doesn't have to always look fierce it doesn't I mean yeah it, it could look quite quiet and subtle and it mm -hmm. could be me fiercely defending my boundaries or yep. it could be me making sure that every time I send out my terms and conditions because that's me fiercely that to me is being professional that's like this is my terms and you know this is our contract mm. together or it could be fiercely 
defending your space and locking the door to the children and saying, no, this is my day. This is my time. I'm not available. And in my house, that comes out really, it's okay. My kids are older now. They're both, well, one's the UK and the other one's 18. So it's fine. Nobody come for me. But like I'll say to my kids, if they go, oh, where's the XYZ or what's for dinner or what, is there any food? I'll be like, well, what would you do? You'd figure it out. And I have confidence and faith in you that you can go and figure that out. And that is probably a bit fierce. And it's like, yep putting it back on people I'm not here to run around and fix everything for you yeah. Yeah, <laughs> so maybe it, looks like, maybe it looks like that for lots of people and you could find a more appropriate way to do it with littler kids you could say well how would you solve that yeah yeah absolutely and I think it's you're right in saying like being fierce doesn't always mean that you are the loudest most extrovert person in a room for example there are lots of you know more subtle quiet ways to be fierce within your own within your own business and in a way that um suits you yes I love the concept of fierce impact because sometimes the quietest people are the fiercest Mm, absolutely and so what kind of impact are you trying to make through your business well I started off by saying I wanted to help like I think it was a thousand I was too scared to put a big number I actually want to help a million women quit their job if they hate their job um and then I was scared to say that because someone might start counting so I said I want to help a thousand women quit their job but the impact that I think I want to have is by setting the example and doing things differently like I've people are kind of shocked when they go wow did you pull your kid out of school and then can they go to university what happened to them they didn't he hasn't been to school since he was in year eight however old you are then the beginning of year eight and yes you can still get a university degree yes you can still read and write you you know you can still he gets a's at university he's quit that now but um it's you can do things differently and still be okay you don't have to follow the rules and so I want to the impact I want to leave is an example for others that you can can, mm. You can say no. You can pull the middle finger to stuff. And I know that's kind of trendy now, but I think if people need a helping hand to just get that courage to go, I can do this, or do it in a safe way. Yep. You don't have to up and quit stuff. You can make a plan and yep. you can go, okay, well, here are the first steps to get me to that stage and then I can move to the next stage. So I just want to be an example that you can you can make things happen that you want to happen. You don't have to do it all at once and you can do it in a way that's safe for you. Yeah, I think that's an important point, isn't it? It's making sure that, yeah, it's doing it in a way that's that's safe for you. It's like, it's not about yeah, necessarily you, saying no and being kind of reckless. It's about yeah. doing things in a, in a safe way yes. for whatever your situation is. Exactly. I think it sounds and can look reckless and it sounds like, you know, somebody described me as being the person who does the dramatic exit, <laughs> which I kind of love, but um, and flouncing out the door. But it's actually much more considered than that. It takes a long time of planning and prep and yeah that's not reckless at all no and so what's one piece of advice that you've been given that's had a really big impact on how you do business it's probably from Tim Ferriss he didn't give it to me directly but I heard him say it and I like it and um he said what if it was easy what would this look like if it was easy if you just let go of all that other I don't know if he said this part but he said what if it were easy um, and that's how that's what I say to people often and they're like yeah but I've got to do this and that and then there's this other thing and it's all very complicated and it's all too much and I don't know where to start I'm like okay wait what would that look like if it was easy it would be just you doing this thing and then that would happen okay mm. well how can we make that happen how can we peel away all the other stuff that doesn't need to be happening right now park it somewhere safe so you don't feel like you've still got to be overwhelmed by it or that you're just letting it fall away park it and then 
would this look like if it was easy? What's the most efficient way to get from A to B without all the mess? And the other yep. one is whatever you want to say and then and that's okay. I don't know where that came from. It's, I didn't make it up, but I love it. Like if you add that to the end of anything you think, you're like, oh, shit, I haven't done this and I haven't done that. And oh, my gosh, I haven't emailed my list for a mm. week. And that's okay because you were dealing with something or just, and that's okay. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah. The world's not going to end. So there you go. There's two things. What if it was easy and that's okay? <laughs> I love those. Yeah, I think those are fantastic because I think you're totally right. I think just adding that and that's okay because we do put, put so much pressure on ourselves to have yeah. certain things done or to have a, yes. a to-do list and not get through every single item that's on it each day. And, and that's okay. You know, we're all just trying our, our best. Yeah, that's okay. It'll It'll still work. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I love those. Well, thank you so, so much for your time. And it was really wonderful catching up with you and and having a chat with you about this. Thank you for having me. Now, I know you've said that you haven't got a a website, but if people want to stalk you, where is the best place to find you? Well, that's the first (laughs) challenge. (laughs) They'll have to hunt me down. You can find me on LinkedIn, Kate Wright MBA, because there's a thousand Kate Wrights. Or you could find me on Facebook and just private message me. And I think I'm just Kate Wright. So either of those places and then just DM me. I made it difficult. <laughs> <laughs> but you're doing it your own way. So that's I am. <laughs> that's how I roll. <laughs> I love it. Awesome. Well, thank you so much again, Kate. And it was fab to speak to you. Well, I really hope that you enjoyed that conversation as much as I did. And I believe it's really important for us to have conversations like this to remind us that we don't always have to do things in a prescribed way. As business owners, we have got the ability to choose how to do things, to figure out new ways of working that are right for us, for our values, our family and our unique circumstances. Now, I'd love to know what your biggest takeaway was. Feel free to DM me on Instagram at Hayley Maxwell Writes. And of course, if you'd like to rate and review the show, I would massively appreciate it because it helps others to decide whether or not to listen in. Likewise, if you've got any feedback or topics you'd like me to cover, get in touch with me via Instagram too. If you need help to grow your personal brand, become wildly relevant to your dream clients and carve out a memorable and distinctive position in your industry so you can finally get momentum and get known for your talent and expertise and the incredible transformation you create for your clients, then my one-to-one positioning and message coaching might be exactly what you need. If you're interested, I invite you to come and find out some more details on my website at www.hayleymaxwell.com. And now, until next time, go forth and be fierce.